we go to get our tickets to <laughs> and the guy is just standing there i don't know what he's doing but i walk up and i'm like trying to hand him my ticket and he's just like staring at me and he has something in his hand and he's just like tearing it and just staring at me and he throws it in the trash and then he takes my ticket what the fuck? i was like okay and he just tears it and like gives it back and doesn't even like tell me what theater we're going to <laughs> john was like that was weird i was like that's just because it's me <laughs> <laughs> apparently right? jesus what happened to someone else here <laughs> remind me to not ever go to century with you <laughs> right i don't know what it is dude. <laughs> but yeah Hey guys, welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. My name is Shannon. And I'm Leanna. And today we're going to be talking about Caged Heat. Uh, it's the 10th episode of the 6th season. Very, so, very formal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think like, every line in this is my favorite line. Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot so of really good lines um, in this one. This is a great episode. It is. Um. The next episode, we're just going to get to listen to how much Leanna hates Dean. Just so. letting you know ahead of time. It's a <laughs> Dean kind of pissed me off type episode. I'm like looking at the computer as I talk. Like I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. God. So anyway, um, KHT is directed by Robert Singer. And the uh, writers, Teleplay was done by Brett Matthews and the story by Jenny Klein and Brett Matthews. They did the story together. Those are new names, huh? Yes. I think I maybe saw Jenny Klein. I'm kind of vaguely familiar, okay. but I'm not 100%. Brent Matthews is... I'm pretty sure it's yeah. totally new. Well, they did a great job. I like the two of them. They did a very good job. All right. So we start with Crowley chained up, yelling that he doesn't know anything. And then he gets hit. And we see that he got hit by Crowley. And so we realize it's a shapeshifter who's being interrogated by the real Crowley. And then we also find out that it's the Alpha Shapeshifter, stating that he cannot draw Crowley a map to Purgatory. Uh, Crowley says he's found some iridium. It took him a long time to find this, but it's like the one thing that will hurt the Alpha Shapeshifter. To which he says one of my favorite lines. (laughs) Now either you start talking or I start chopping off all the bits that stick out. Stabs the dude in the chest. He's clearly in a lot of pain, but he still spits blood on Crowley, who then holds up a baby monitor. Like, you hear little babies yammering away on the other end. And Crowley makes it clear that these are his offspring, the shapeshifter's offspring. And he says he will kill all the babies if he doesn't tell them. Mm-hmm. And the shapeshifter's like, do it. I'll just make more. <laughs> that was a little weird. So then Crowley slices off his head and says, I guess I kind of lost my head. And then we cut to the title card. <laughs> he is her dad. And I am so happy that Crowley is in this episode. <laughs> that was just... A, and then the um, before part, where we see all of the bits about what this episode is going to be about. Meg was in, like, all of them. Right, <laughs> so right. I was like, yes. <laughs> this is a good one. And then Misha's name was in the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, the best episode ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, all of our favorites are just coming back. Yeah. Um, so then we see Sam and Dean meeting up with a couple demons to hand over a Rougarou, which my spell check wanted to correct to Ragu. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, 
Crowley's not there. Dean's asking where Crowley is. And one of the demons tells him that he is banging a hooker. Um, I didn't write the line down. I didn't write that one down either. Something about banging a hooker and it's none of his business. Um, but the demon's giving the boys a hard time and then calls Dean a little bitch. Calls him Crowley's little bitch. And uh, Dean face is just dude i was like wow dude was pretty taken aback oh did he just call me a little bitch like <laughs> what the- like genuinely shocked <laughs> dean is obviously having a hard time with it uh and he tells us you know because or he's telling sam like you know he's like remember when we used to gank demons right yeah and so i think he's having a hard time with <coughs> obviously working for one now and right Basically having to allow them to talk to him like that. Right. Yeah. Just I just like the Winchester way. I just loved it because the first look on his face was kind of like a, God, <laughs> oh, that was mean <laughs> kind of face. Um, so Sam, or they're getting back to the hotel and Dean is saying that he's having a hard time with the plan. Um, the only thing that's changed now is that he's needing to take a daily rape shower. Sam agrees, but reminds him that they don't really have any other options if they want his soul back. Dean asks if Sam actually wants his soul back. Sam points out that he is also working for Crowley. Dean asks Sam that a lot. Which I get, because Sam doesn't act like it, but then I'm like, Dean, you gotta remember... He doesn't have a soul. Right. He's not going <laughs> like, to act the way you expect him to. So at some point, you've just got to believe him right. and carry on. You or know? just know that he doesn't actually know if he wants it back or not and just keep going for the goal of getting it back. Exactly. Without keep, Don't Sam. keep like nagging him. Yeah. Because Sam doesn't have a soul. So right. he's not he, going to act like a normal person. Right. <laughs> and he'll get sick of you and he won't be afraid to injure you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dean is not so sure that Crowley is going to end up his end of the bargain because, well, he's Crowley. This is a valid concern. Um, and Dean's talking to Sam about this with his back turned to Sam. And when he turns around, Sam's gone. And he, So I guess this moment is over. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> but Sam's not responding. Dean's calling out to him. Uh, so Dean pulls his gun out and is kind of stalking around the room looking for him. And he finds Sam knocked out in the back of the hotel room. And I was like, whoever did this did it very quickly and, and quietly. Very quietly, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. But then we see Dean get knocked out by a demon coming up behind him. When they come to, both Sam and Dean are tied to chairs. And Meg comes up behind Dean. Yay! Meg wants to know where Crowley is. She wants to know why they've been bringing him all the creatures. The boys are not talking. Meg threatens to kill Dean, and then Sam starts laughing. Which Dean is like, what the fuck? (laughs) Dean does not find it very funny. But Sam points out that Meg is furious. She can't actually kill Dean, otherwise she would have already. She's running. Sam figures Crowley would want to hunt down all the Lucifer loyalists now that he's the big man on campus. Meg wants to know how he would possibly know that. I just love that Sam is like more perceptive of demons now that he doesn't have a soul. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes total <laughs> sense. But I was like, that is really awesome that he was just all hot. You're so full of it. And just right. laughs at her. <laughs> it's a good it's a good on the writers to write that. Yeah, to of, add that into the story. To add that bit in where yeah. he, he picks up on things a lot better, especially with the monsters. Yeah. 
because he doesn't think like a emotional human being exactly his emotions are out of it so he can just be very objective when he looks at everything exactly sam figures um or meg wants to know how we know that and sam says that's it's what i would do and she does that like right like the dean you know the thing that dean normally does (laughs) it is the dean face um so Sam tells Dean that she can't kill them. She needs them to get to Crowley so that she can kill Crowley. Sam offers Meg a chance to work with them, which Dean doesn't like. Uh, you can see right away. He goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sam tells Meg that they'll get Crowley for her, but she's got to help them get one thing from Crowley before hacking him to bitch. bits. She, she wants to know what, but Sam tells her it doesn't matter and just wants to know if she can do it. She tells Sam that she apprenticed under Alistair, just like Dean. And she turns to Dean, asking Dean if she thinks she can make Crowley do whatever she wants. Yes, she can. It's a deal then. Hugs and puppies all around. Sam actually made a pretty good deal there. Yeah. And then Dean, are you going to untie us? Please don't pretend you don't enjoy it. <laughs> and then she just leaves. <laughs> and she leaves them tied up. I loved it. So Megan or lackeys leave, but the big tall one lingers behind to stare at Dean. <laughs> Are you going to kiss me? <laughs> Meg calls for him and they all leave. So the boys untie themselves and Dean wants to know what Sam is doing. Dean is clearly upset that Sam is uh, making more deals with demons again. <clears throat> he says it will help them screw over Crowley. But again, Dean's like, I don't want- we're working with demons again, Sam. Sam points out that they are already working with demons. Dean reminds Sam that she is responsible for Joe and Ellen's deaths. Sam says they cannot look at it emotionally. Dean Dean doesn't agree and says that Meg will just screw them over. Sam is expecting it, but says that they will screw Meg over first. Sam says that Meg and her little posse are dead the second they're done. Sam believes they won't kill them first since Sam and Dean have the insurance. So then we see Sam go outside <laughs> praying for Cass. It is the most insincere prayer I have ever heard. Oh, hey, Cass, we, like, really need your help. <laughs> <laughs> so no show uh, from Cass. Then Sam tries a different approach. Cassiel, we need you. It's important. Cass, we found something. It's this gold box. Apparently Nazis were after it back in the day. Someone opened it and their face melted off. I think it's, ready for this, the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) Yeah, so, and Cass shows up. I'm here, Sam. Where's the box? (laughs) I can't believe you fell for that. That was the plot of Raiders, idiot. (laughs) Um, That was pretty mean, Sam. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is the first Indian and Jones movie. I hope if you don't know that, you need to go watch it. Like, stop listening to this and go watch it right now. It's a very, very good movie. Yes. Cass tells Sam that he's mid-battle. Sam doesn't care about his pissing match with Raphael. Cass keeps trying to tell Sam he can't help, but Sam won't let him get in a word. Tells Cass that they're not here to talk about it. Cass owes him. Says, if you don't help us, I will hunt you down and kill you. And then Cass is probably my favorite. Cass gets like... Cast line suddenly change yes. of like this total change of demeanor like because yeah, at first Cass is like this just... annoyed like I have work to do right like, I don't work. have time for this yeah. Sam 
And then when as soon as Sam says that to him, it's suddenly like this snap, snap. like one eighty, yeah. and he and like straightens up. And, and his face. face gets really like, what did you just say? Yeah. He walks right up to Sam and he goes, will you, boy? And I was all, ooh. How? Dude. Cass. Oh, I, says, I miss angry Cass like so much. <laughs> and Sam says, I don't know yet, but I will look until I find out. And I don't sleep. I just love that part. I wrote a little note. I wonder if Liana is okay with the way Sam is talking to Cass. Since it's Sam. Oh. And not Dean. Well, it's all bullshit. I guess that was my whole thing. It's like, you can't kill Cass. Like, you're not going to kill an angel, Sam. Um, so Cass, then Cass tells Sam that, that Sam needs help. And Cass, or Sam corrects him saying that he needs his help. So Sam and Cass walk into the hotel, and Dean is very surprised to see that Cass is there. It says that he owes Sam a chicken dinner, wants to know how it happened. And Sam, no big deal. It's what friends do for each other. <laughs> Full of shit. Dean is definitely not buying no, it. No, not at all, but he's not going to get into Press it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Cass is trying to perform a summoning spell, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, but he cannot find Crowley. He's hidden from him. Or he was just trying to do the same spell where he was trying to find the Moses' staff. Right. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it looked like one of their summoning spell type of things with the bowls. Yeah, not that that's important. Yeah. Let's move on. (laughs) So, um, Dean says that they're going to have to find him the hard way. So, it cuts to them searching through an office. Uh, There's maps and what have you. And then we see Samuel coming up the stairs with a gun, uh, realizing that it's his office. So the hard way is searching Samuel's office. So, <laughs> ooh, that's so tough. <laughs> so, I guess the hard way being they actually have to do legwork instead of just. Oh you know, yeah, no, you know, that's that's spell. true. Here we go. Zap. Okay. Um, so Samuel puts his gun away and asks uh, if he can help them. Dean wants to know where Crowley is. Samuel wants to know why he would tell them, even if he did know. Dean plays the family card. Sam reminds him it's to get his soul back. Samuel says he can't help. Dean wants to know what's wrong with Samuel. Asks what if it's because if he wants to work for Crowley. Uh, and they kind of give each other a look, and then Dean looks back to Cass, asking if he'll give them a minute. I love how Cass has, like, zero hesitation. Yeah, he's, like, he's just, like, gone immediately. Oh, fine, I can go. <laughs> I yeah. don't even want to be here anyways. <laughs> so, um, after Cass is gone, Dean wants to, looks back to Samuel, wants to know what's wrong with him. Asks if he, um, oh, no, sorry. That's right before he leaves. Dean then tells Samuel that they're blood, and if he doesn't want to help, he can't make him, but he wants to know what Crowley is holding against him. He at least owes them that. Samuel shows Dean a picture of Mary, young Mary, and Crowley is going to give Mary back to him. I just, I mean, can Samuel honestly believe that Crowley is going to get Mary back for him? Apparently he does. He believed that Crowley pulled him and Sam out, so there's nothing stopping him to believe that he could get Mary. Yeah, that's true. I just wish Samuel wasn't so, I mean, in a lot of ways he's very naive, which is kind of weird. Because he's so big and tough, you know? Right. But he's just, like, so well unaware. We also have to remember, though, this is all very new to him. 
Well, yeah. Because when he was a hunter, he wasn't dealing with demons. That's true. That's very true. The very first demon he dealt with also killed him. Right. So it was his first and last demon. Right. That's true. He hasn't dealt with any of these types of things with heaven, hell, angels, demons. Right. So then suddenly he's pulled back into the earth. Which a is already a told miracle. Him right. It was his doing. Right. So of course he's going to believe that demon is going to be able to also bring his daughter back if he does all these things for him. That's true. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, I mean, because obviously if it was Sam or Dean, they'd be like, fuck off, Crowley. But they've been dealing with this. So they know what to expect. But yeah, this is new for... That's true. I do like in this scene that Dean is actually very sincere in his argument against Samuel working for Crowley. Oh, yeah. It's not his usual, like, don't be stupid, blah, 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 shit. It's like, you can't do this. Like, he is going to hurt you. He is going to mess with you. Like, he can't do what he's promising. And. I go on a little bit, as we get further into the scene, I talk about how I really like this. Um, I see actually how I appreciate that Dean can finally see that this is exactly what the bad guys do. Right. Um, Whether he sticks to his own advice or not, it's still a really nice clarifying moment in this scene. It is. To see Dean. He does understand. On the level. Right. You know, and he knows what's up. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so when when Samuel tells him he's going to bring Mary back, um, Dean, uh, or Samuel tells Dean that the difference between the two of them is that Dean knows how to live without Mary. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, and it's his daughter. And if there's a way he can have her back, he's going to, he's going to do it. Dean basically tells him not to go down that road because it's never good. And it's, it's wrong. He tells him it's wrong. Samuel then calls him a hypocrite, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but then Dean, this is where I was like, okay, good job, Dean. Right. Dean then, he doesn't deny being a hypocrite, but he says, I want you to learn from our mistakes. Yes. Not, you know, well, fuck you, or you don't know, or, you know, whatever. He's like, yeah, you're right, but learn from that. Don't follow. And he says, doing this, this is how the bad guys get us every time. It's our Achilles heel. Apparently, it runs in the family. (laughs) And that's when I'm like, I really appreciate that dean can see this yes um and it's really nice it is uh but samuel still refuses to help um dean tells him fine bring her back and then what you're gonna tell her that you had a demon bring her back and you wouldn't help her only sons samuel stops him and then tells them to leave and it's really nice, that whole scene, because the scene between Samuel and Dean is very emotional. Dean's getting heated. He's upset. Mm-hmm. He's whatever. And the whole time, Sam... Because it keeps cutting to Sam throughout this conversation, and Sam is just no emotion. No emotion. <laughs> He's no just watching at all. Right. the yeah. interaction between the two of yeah. them. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sam, like, Jared does great acting like he doesn't have a soul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very, pretty very impressive. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, here we go. So here we go. <laughs> so then the guys are back at the hotel. Cass is watching TV while the guys are researching. Cass says, it's very complex. <laughs> Dean, I know, right? <laughs> Cass, <clears throat> if the pizza man truly loves this babysitter, why does he keep slapping her rear? Perhaps she has done something wrong. <laughs> Favorite line. Cass likes the spanking. <laughs> You're watching porn? Why? It was there. It was there. 
You don't watch porn in a room full of dudes. And you don't talk about it. Just turn it off. <laughs> and then we see Cass look down at his crotch. <laughs> like, really sad. Yes. And then Dean... Well, now he's just got a boner. <laughs> I was fucking dying. The like, first time I saw that scene, I had to, like, pause and, like, rewind. All. Oh, my God. <sighs> well, now he's got a boner. <laughs> I love how Dean just says it like it's nothing. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> here we go. No, now he's got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just... But the look... Sorry. No, go. <laughs> the look that it is exchanging between Sam and Dean as, as he's, like, the whole Pizza Boy line, right. like, as it's progressing through yes. that, like, couple sentences. And you just, watch them realizing, like, what he's talking about. Oh, my God. Oh, my that God. shit's priceless. Dude. I just love the look on Cass's face, too, the way he's looking at the TV, like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> I just, I don't know why, but when he says perhaps she has done something wrong, like, that's when I just lose it. I know! <laughs> like, what? Perhaps she has done, done something, something wrong. wrong. Seriously, one of the best lines of this whole episode. It really is. So somebody knocks on the door. Dean goes to answer it. Cass is still watching the porn. We see it's Samuel. Samuel comes in and notices that Cass is watching porn. Is this what you boys do? Sit around and watch pornos with angels? And then Cass is another one of my favorite lines. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> Still watching the and porn. he's like very distracted through this whole thing. We're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. I just, I want to see the porno that he's watching. Like, I don't know why. I just want to see. You want to share that moment with No, Cass. I want to see what he's looking at. You know what I mean? I just want to... Like, what's the first porn that Cass ever saw? You know, that's what I want to see. The classic pizza boy. And the babysitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good combo right there. Yeah. Usually it's just the babysitter or the pizza boy. I know they threw all that shit in. Yeah, they the did. Mix. So Dean wants to know why Samuel is there. He's, Samuel says it's what Mary would, Mary would want. I just, like, gleaked all over my phone. I did that a minute ago. I'm like, I was laughing and all over my screen. <laughs> I, I haven't done that since like eighth grade. Could you ever do it like on purpose? Mm-mm. There are people who could just we bleak would try on command. In oh, I knew people who could. And I couldn't. Yeah, no, so did I. And I could never do it. And now I just did it. Right. I would. I can do it on accident. <laughs> and I don't know do what accident, causes like, it. But nothing. like, yeah, I mean, you have to think about it. Um, yeah, gleeking. Sorry. <laughs> So anyway, um, Samuel gives Dean a map. We see a location is circled. He tells them it's where Crowley brings all the creatures that they bag. But it's a death trap, as in nothing gets in that Crowley doesn't want, and nothing ever comes out. So one thing when I watched this part that I realized is rewatching this season is going to be awesome. Yeah. This yeah. season is a nice one to rewatch. It is. It really is. Um, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I feel like watching one through five was also really cool I, on yeah. the rewatch because <clears throat> then you caught all the other little nuances you right, didn't really get. Right, right. And you had a better appreciation, like I've said before, of, of either Sam or Dean. Right. Because you're originally a team 
one or the other. Exactly. But I think if you rewatch it, you get a better understanding of, of why of either one of them are doing what right. they're doing. And you really and you just... really do, and, and I, I totally agree with that. I was really happy that I rewatched those five because it did help me understand Dean a lot more. And Sam on me, right? On me, on my side, or Sam on you? Sam on me. That'd it's be kind of nice fine. too, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So Samuel uh, turns to go, and Sam asks him to go with them. Samuel says he might be soft, but he's not suicidal. So then we see the boys meet up with Meg. <laughs> Meg says to Cass, remember me? I sure remember you, Clarence. Clar- Cla- Ugh. Clarence. Clarence. Um, if you guys forgot, and Abandon All Hope, uh, season... Five, uh, episode ten. May called Cassiel Clarence in reference to um, it's a wonderful the life. wonderful life movie which uh, <clears throat> Jimmy Stewart uh, the angel Clarence shows Jimmy Stewart that life is worth living and then finally gets his wings and goes to heaven. Yes, and since Cass was an angel without wings, right? He was Clarence, and Cass says to Dean, "Why are we working with these abominations?" And then Meg says... And then Meg says, Keep talking dirty. Makes my meat suit all dewy. <laughs> Ew. God, I fell in love with her at the line. I was like, oh my god, you are so great. Who says that shit? This is a great, this... great episode for Meg. Oh my god. It's a really good I episode know. for Meg. <laughs> so um, they tell Meg where Crowley is. She wants to know where... Sam refuses, saying that they will be killed as soon as she knows. She accuses Sam of having serious abandonment issues. <laughs> Which I think is fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam, sh- Sam, Sam says he will show them, and he asks for the demon knife. And she's like, well, how can I trust you? And he's like, you, you can't, can't, but you need to give me that knife. And then she does. And, and he's like, like, I'll give it right back to you when I'm done. <laughs> I was like, really, Meg? <laughs> I was surprised she handed it over so So was easily. I. So I was very surprised. All right. And then Sam just instantly kills the tall, bald demon. Yes. And her two other lackeys start, you know, surging in. And he holds a knife up to him saying that um, <clears throat> he had to do it because that guy was way more interested in killing them than actually completing the mission. And he was only going to get in their way and make things worse. And he did them a favor. You can tell that Meg's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just bet, sorry. All right, let's get it under control, <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> Apparently I'm having saliva issues. So anyway, um, she's like, yeah, okay. And she tells her lackey, she gives him the symbol to like, you know, back, back off. off. And uh, he turns around, or no, she asks for the knife back. And he says um, that you took it from... That she took it from them. Right. And so he's taking, taking it, it back. back. Right. And then he just leaves and says, we leave in an hour. <laughs> Walks <clears> off. <throat> Dean looks a little bit impressed. He's yeah. like, well, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then Meg gives Cass like an up and down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. Looks Cass shit. up and down. That look she gave him. Off. She is so awesome. <laughs> So Sam is rummaging around in the trunk of the Impala. He's got a very serious, not-so-good look on his face, and he's loading and cocking yeah. the gun. 
And I'm just like, what's going on That's there? when I was like, oh, shit, this is bad. Something's not right. Nope. Then we go back to Dean and Cass. Uh, Dean is getting stuff ready. Tells Cass he could help. <laughs> Cass tells him that he is ambivalent about what they are attempting. Dean says, well, breaking into monster Gitmo is not exactly a two-for-one in the champagne room. Cass is not so sure that getting Sam's soul back is wise. Dean doesn't understand. Cass says he wants Sam to survive. Dean asks for clarification. Sam's soul has been locked in the cage with Michael and Lucifer for more than a year, and they have nothing to do but take their frustrations out on him. Do you understand? If we try to force that mutilated thing down Sam's gullet, we have no idea what will happen. It could be catastrophic. Dean asks, you mean he dies? Cass says, I mean he doesn't. Paralysis, insanity, psychic pain so profound that he's locked inside himself for the rest of his life. Dean's like, but... Oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> it could not go that way, right? And Cass is like, yeah, it. You know, I could be Maybe, wrong. right. And he's like, but I sincerely doubt it. Dean tells Cass if Sam is not fine, then he can fix him. And Cass is like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. To begin right. I was really surprised when Cass said all of this, because honestly, it was something I had never thought of, is what was going yeah, on with Sam, Sam's soul, you know? It's like, as soon as you say it, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we should have really thought of that. idea. Right. Yeah. Because that can't be good. Um, so, of course, you know, Cass trying to be the voice of reason. And Dean tells him, you know, you'll figure it out. Uh, oh, then you figure it out, Cass. Come on. I mean, the guy's a freaking replicant. He needs a soul. Look, we get it back, and if there are complications, then we'll figure it out a way to deal with those two. Dean Cass is always so mean to Cass. Cass says, of course. Dean walks away, and to Dean's back, Cass says, or we could fail, and Sam suffers horrifically. And then we see that Sam has heard everything. Yeah. He's there eavesdropping. I just don't like it when Dean talks to Cass like that. I know you don't. And it's not just because it's Cass. It's just that Dean... Cass is like, here's what I think might happen. And instead of Dean actually listening to him, he just tells him why he's being stupid and that he needs to do what he's being told. And it's just... I just don't like it when Dean acts like that. Yeah, well, the problem with Dean is he acts like that with everybody when right. it comes to Sam. That's true. You know, and Sam acts That's a certain true. way when he has a soul to <laughs> everybody when it comes to Dean. That's You know very what I true. mean? Because it's like... Um, what the fuck is her name? Lisa. How they have the really weird, screwed up, codependent yes. relationship. Right. And they always have, and they probably always will, where right. they're always going to act like assholes to anybody else who's going to come in between the two of them. Right. No, you're right. That's completely true. And I think, like I've said before, I think Dean is worse with Cass because of how close he and Cass are. So he treats right. him like another member of the family instead of just right. like a person there to help. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I guess maybe then it is because it's Cass. <laughs> Even though I try and act like it's not all the time. <laughs> we know it's because of Cass. I'm glad you guys understand me. When <laughs> <laughs> I'm living um, in a little bit of a state of denial, but. <laughs> it's a, he is an asshole. Dean is being an asshole. Yes. Uh, you're not wrong about that. Okay. But I think. I you're probably <laughs> you're probably a little bit because you're not going to notice it when he's being an asshole to Bobby. 
Right. None of us did until we had a reference that's point true. from Bobby's that's point of view. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're not going to notice it. Even though he's being asked the same way to Bobby, he is to Cass. Right. Because they have that same closeness. You're right. But you're not going to notice it when he's being asked to Rufus. You're like, oh, it's just no, two it's hunters just... talking. Right. That's how they talk. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it is because it's Cass. I'll stop trying to pretend like it's not. <laughs> as long as you could admit that. <laughs> We're making the first step, right? <laughs> So, but you, you're right. I mean, Dean definitely has his self-righteous and his bossy ways about him. Yes, he does. But we still love him. But you're also right that it's also very specific to Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't be like that if it was just like this kid they're trying to save. Right. He'd be like, well, let's see what we can do. Right. And if we can't, then well, well we, can't. we can't. We'll just gank him, like he always yeah. says. <laughs> his worst comes out of him. When, when it, it has comes to do with Sam. Sam, you're right. And same with same with Sam. Yeah, Sam. You see Sam at his worst when he's having. They both make stuff very poor Dean. decisions when yeah. it comes to each other. Exactly. It's a little amazing. Honestly. Obviously, it's different right now because Sam's well, yeah. soul. Sam's making some pretty <laughs> logical decisions, but he's they're also still making pretty scary. some really bad decisions. Right. Oh yeah, no, because he has no, no soul. soul. <laughs> right, but he's making. He's well, making we can go down this road for an hour. Yeah, I think yeah. he's making better decisions in one light, but then he's also making really right. horrible decisions, you oh, know, like absolutely. killing innocent people yeah. or just having no discretion as far as whether or not we should kill people yeah. because he, he has just no has moral his compass. eye on the on the goal. Yeah. Like this is what we're trying to do, this is what we have to do it. You know, why aren't we just doing it? And like Dean has said over and over since he found out, he's got no moral compass. Right. And so he needs to be his Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> his Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Um, which, you know, is another thing because Dean already has the whole, on the big brother, I say how it goes, this is right. what we do. But now it's like, he, he has, has this to... other hold over him yeah. of being bossy because he feels like he needs to step in, right. which in a way he's right. But I think because of Dean's personality, it's going to seem... It transfers to everyone. And it's going to seem way more ass ash assholeish assholier than <laughs> it should be if that makes sense yeah because now he feels like he has this extra little Weight bit of on his back right you know like okay i have a reason to be bossy now instead right. of just i'm the big brother now it's like oh and i also have to make sure he doesn't kill some innocent girl to get the job done or right. whatever anyway <clears throat> So then we see them. They have gone to the compound where Crowley's hiding out. Dean's saying it seems too quiet. Cass says that he he knows it's the right place because he can feel it. He then tells them to meet them at the side door. The next shot is Cass opening up the side door from the inside and letting them all in. Dean thinks this is a little bit too easy. Which Sam I, agrees to. And I also agree. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is the easiest they've ever done anything. So they see like a dead body in a cage. And then there's like a live monster in a closed cell with a door and a window in it. Then they hear someone pleading for help. And they round the corner and we see it's the gin that uh, was in the very first episode of this season. The female with the tattoos down her arm. And she's begging for help, but they just continue on. So, this is a really weird thought. And I think I've had this thought before. As they're walking down the hall, and they see all the cells and the dead and tortured things in them, is it, it's got to smell pretty bad in mm. there. Oh, yeah. It's got to smell awful in there. Really bad. 
really, really bad. Yeah. I don't know why I always think about that, but I'm like, oh, that must smell, smell awful. And then they act like it smells like nothing because I'm sure it in reality doesn't smell like anything because they're on a yeah. set. But, Absolutely. Yeah. But walking through there, it should have been like, oh, oh God. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're walking on. They're in a hallway. Then Cass t- suddenly stops and tells them to wait. We can see that he's sensing something. Then we hear some noises. And Meg looks, you know, back from the way they came. And she says that the guards are coming. Then we hear it's hellhounds. Dean says hellhounds. And then they run. And I actually get away from them. I know. I was pretty impressed. So the two lackey demons that came with Meg get, get pulled by the hellhounds as the rest of the group is able to close the door in the hallway <clears throat> to the next room. Meg's saying, I didn't know this was going to happen. Bright side, them chewing up my meat suit ought to buy you a few seconds. Seacrest out. <laughs> she then tries to smoke out, but nothing but she happens. she can't. Cass says it's probably a spell from Crowley. While in the building, no leaving of the meat suit. Then just, Dean says... I don't know why I just loved that. Karma's a bitch. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's one that I wrote down as my favorite. Also. <laughs> it was good. It was good. So Sam offers the knife to Meg, saying that since she can see them, it's their best shot. She tells him it is our best shot at Crowley. Tells him to know how she'll do that. And here comes... One of my favorite supernatural moments of the entire uh, series. The entire series. It's oh, so good. Oh my God. <laughs> so she doesn't say anything to Dean. She just turns to Cass, grabs him, and kisses him. And it's a, we can see it like a profile. Um, it, the camera is suddenly changes shots from behind uh, Meg and Cass pointing towards uh, Dean and Sam. And we can see her arm going into his jacket. Yes. Um, you can assume assume she's trying to grab something. She's pickpocketing him. Or that him. she's just, you know, wrapping, wrapping her, arms her arms around him. His nice right. abdomen yes. body. Abdomen. <laughs> um, so they when, kiss, and then she backs away from the kiss and looks at him, and then Cass, Cass grabs her, <laughs> spins her around, and, like, slams her against the wall and, like, really kisses her. It was like kisses a very, very rough kiss. Very passionate <laughs> yes. in that kiss there, Cass. And the look on Meg's face when he pulls away, she is like, whoa. The look from the boys while they're doing is amazing. I love how Dean's doing like the pointing like, to the door. Well, we should be- and then he's like, go ahead, go ahead. And Meg says, I feel so clean <laughs> well first you skipped oh shut up did line. i really sorry so the kiss breaks and meg looks at Cass and says what was that and Cass or and De- sam and dean are also looking at each other and, and dean's doing that like whining what like yeah what was that <laughs> and then Cass says i learned that from the pizza man and then Meg says <laughs> Sorry. that she feels so clean. She feels so clean. And that was my favorite moment. Yes. That was uh, just what I highlighted is, as my favorite moment. Yeah, it is just one of the best in the entire series. That's just such a great 
it's moment. It's a really great transfer. Yes. Because if we totally skip the fact that Meg had picked his uh, angel blade. Well, they don't. She shows it now. Well, oh, after right. Yeah. Right. Because then she uh, she holds it up and she said she holds up the angel blade telling the guys to run because they're out of time. Yeah. And then Dean stops and he goes, whoa, is that even going to work on a hellhound? And I was like, oh, look, Dean's concerned for, for Meg. Meg. <laughs> I think he was more concerned with the hellhounds not dying. <laughs> right. And she goes... Um, she goes, we're about to find out. Run. They run. And we actually get to see Meg fighting the hellhounds for a bit. It. She is, like, such a badass. She really is. Of all the lady demons, she is, like... She's the best one. Yeah, she's the strongest one. She's the smartest one. Like, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So, Dean is saying how he can't see anything. We can tell that they're walking down some stairs. They have flashlights. And suddenly, Cass gets zapped out, and we see Samuel um, at the base of the stairs with his hand on the angel zapper sigil. Yeah. And you're like, you fuck. Fuck. You absolute fucking fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I was so fucking mad at him right now. Because, I mean, you knew. You know me. I was just the whole time like, there's something up with Samuel. This is just not fucking cool. And then we find out he's working for Crowley and I'm like, I knew it. Something was wrong. And then you're still just like, fuck this fucking guy. Right. (laughs) Through the whole, yeah. I mean, I I just, I don't like Samuel. (sighs) Which is unfortunate because I love Mitch Blake. Right. So do I. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so um, Dean is obviously pissed. Says that Samuel sold them out. And uh, he's saying this as demons are grabbing him and Sam from behind. Then we see Crowley come around the corner saying that it was the best uh, purchase he's ever made since Dick Cheney. <laughs> then Dean, hiya, Crowley. How's tricks? Above your pay grade. Been working. Big things. Alas, you'll be too dead to participate. Then the boys get thrown into separate cells. And I'd like to point out that Crowley is very smart for making sure that that's the way that they were locked up instead of not together. with each other yeah because most people just, just lock them up together, together. Yeah. yeah we go back to meg she's finishing off the last hound and i'm like dang girl yeah get it she picks up the blade and she's walking or she still has the blade but she's walking around the corner and then christian pops out up yeah. and punches her and takes the angel blade yeah. And she's just looking up at him, and we're like, fuck. Yeah. Cuts back to Dean in a cell, and he's telling D- or he's telling Sam that he's, <laughs> he's standing, standing in pee. <laughs> and then Sam sell- tells him to consider himself lucky. <laughs> Dean says, yikes. Yeah. That sucks, man. And then I'm like, yeah, it does. It's got to smell really bad in there. Right. Because clearly these things are just being left in there well, to their yeah. own devices and also being tortured. So, yeah, it's kind of. Um, well, it's got to smell like shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then Samuel shows up, opens the window to the door in Dean's cell. Dean tells him if he wants forgiveness to go find a priest. Samuel's trying to explain himself. Dean kind of cuts him off saying he understands that he's a liar. And Samuel tells Dean that he did put blood first because Mary is his blood. Dean reminds him that he put demons in front of his own grandsons. Samuel tells Dean that Dean put Sam before his own mother. Sam who doesn't even have a soul. Sam goes on to say that he doesn't even know what Sam is. 
and that Dean is a stranger to him. Wants to know, really, what Dean is to him. Dean tells him he's the guy he never wants to see again. Otherwise, if he does, it's going to be so he can kill him. And that fucking look that he gives Samuel when he says that, I'm just like, please, God, don't ever let somebody look at me like that. Yeah. (laughs) That was terrifying. It was a good look. Very intense. And, like, you know he's not... He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. He sees you. I can... Honestly, in that scene, I can kind of understand where Samuel was coming from, though. Oh, yeah. Because to him... He doesn't know the boys at all. Yeah. Right. And they expect him to just drop everything and act like... Well, it's like I just explained to you. Right. It's like... Sam, Dean, you guys have to remember, this guy died yeah. when Mary was, you know, in her 20s right. or whatever. That's the last he knows of her. Right. He only met you when you traveled in time the day he died. Right. You know, and then he barely knows Sam, and he only knows Sam without a soul. Right. Well, and I guess, and the, and the other thing is just like, I don't think they would even have done what they're asking him to do. You know, like, I don't see Dean ever just dropping everything to make sure that Samuel... Gets what he needs, you know. It's just that's not the Dean's way. He's only going to do that for a very, very small, small amount of people, amount of people like, and they're people who are very, very important to him, right? And so it's a little ridiculous for Dean to expect Samuel to do what he's asking him to do, right? I think he's just trying to pull the family card on him, obviously, because right. he's all they have right now. Right, he's the only link they have to to Crowley into helping Sam at this point. Right. Which I get that, but I just, I think it's the wrong way to go because the more oh, you try yeah. and pull the family thing, the more Samuel's going to be like, you're not my family. Yeah. Like, I don't know well, you. Well, and I think this probably kind of clarifies that moment for everybody involved. Like, right. oh yeah, he actually doesn't know us right. and Mary's going to mean a hell of a lot more to him than, than anybody else. The boys do. Right. Um... But Samuel tells him, I don't think there's going to be a next time. And Dean says, whatever gets you through the night. So they had a little tidbit about that. The whatever gets you through the night is a 1974 song by John Lennon. Coincidentally, or perhaps not, this episode aired on December 13th, 2010. Five days before the 30th anniversary of Lennon's death. The episode also airs also aired five days after November 28th, which marks the anniversary of Lennon performing the song together with Alan John at Madison Square Garden for Thanksgiving 74. I'm going to go ahead and say those are was his last major public performance. Yeah. I'm going to... Yeah. Not like they really know the... I mean, I guess they know when they're going to air and stuff, but that would be... Pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the demons come to retrieve Dean... Um, and it was at this point that I noticed that Crowley's demons are always very well dressed. They are. They look very, very Which nice. Which makes sense. To it me. does. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought I was like, Crowley. oh, yeah, it's Crowley. His demons look really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, cuts back to Meg. She's naked and strapped to a demon torture table. We saw Ruby get tortured like this, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Because they use this specific table because it keeps the demon the in, the, shut, right. in the meat suit. Yeah. Not that it's needed in this building, apparently. Right. But, but I'm assuming that's the only table that they have. That's what I'm assuming also. <laughs> um, so Christian is telling her that Crowley wants to know everything and to carve it out of her. Meg, Meg is acting very tough, as usual. Then we go back to Sam, who starts biting into his wrist. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. So I was like, what is Sam doing? And I'm like, are we supposed to think he's drinking blood? Like, yeah, I was like, is this a demon blood I don't think it works that, that way, sense. right? 
I was very confused when I saw that. Me too. I don't know what's happening. And then when I realized what it was for, I was like, oh, Oh, damn. Yeah. That's a lot of blood. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) Dean is then thrown into like a shower kind of common room. And then the demons come back and throw in two more dudes and tell them to enjoy. Dean says, all right, all right. Shawshank's a great flick, but let's skip the shower scene, huh? Uh, oh, where was it? I wanted to, so Mark Ralston, who played, uh, Alistair Mm -hmm. was in Shawshank Redemption and was most famously known for his shower scene in which he approached the male lead character for sex. Yes. If you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, you really should. You really should. He was the first Alistair though. He wasn't like the main Alistair. Right. Yeah, so he Alistair, was only Alistair for like a day. And, uh, I, think. I know what you did last summer. Right. In heaven and hell. Right. Uh, so the other two guys that were thrown in say it's time for breakfast. Uh, but then it cuts back to Sam. Uh, the demons are going to get Sam. We see that Sam has used his blood to make a devil's trap on the ceiling. To which I was like, damn, Sam, that was pretty smart. And then I wrote, Sam is really tall. Right. <laughs> 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 I thought too. And that was, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And he did it on the ceiling. I was like, well, I mean, Sam's the only one who could have done it on the ceiling. Right. Because he just have to probably stand on his tiptoes. Yeah. <laughs> so then we find out uh, that Dean is fighting ghouls. Because uh, so, he's like bad. He's like, they're he's there's, struggling him. And he goes, I hate ghouls. Before that, when we're still in the room um, with the demons and we see that Sam drew the devil's trap with his own blood and they're trapped in there, he turns his head and he smiles at them and is teeth are still like all stained Red. with like blood right. and stuff and it's like this kind of like really soulless type smile <laughs> i was like that was fucking creepy like that was like demon blood sam creepy like right <laughs> yeah i did not like that <laughs> at all sam has a lot of creepy moments he does soulless. yeah he really does but yes dean is fighting ghouls and i didn't even know they were ghouls until i had the subtitles on and i saw what oh, does really? he say ghouls are what i i think he just says i hate ghouls. i hate ghouls yeah I don't know why. I just never snapped. I was like, oh, that's why they're going to eat them. Because yeah. they're cool. I assumed they were vampires at first. Oh, you know, okay. He got right. in and he was like, ah, breakfast. Right. And then I was like, oh, ghouls make a lot more sense because they actually eat you. A lot of the time <laughs> I can't understand what people say. Um, I don't know what that's all about. If it's like those one syllable type words, like when he's like, I hate ghouls. I'm like, he hates what? <laughs> I didn't understand that. This so. is why subtitles is a very good thing. Yeah. No, I'm like, seriously, Shannon, thank you. <laughs> Um, so then we see Sam running through the halls looking for Dean. Uh, Sam comes into the area and t- to see Dean holding off the two ghouls. He rips a pipe off the wall and then kills both <laughs> of the ghouls. Like very bloodily too. Yeah. Some pretty violent killing there, Sam. Solo Sam makes an excellent hunter. He does. He's a very, very good hunter. hunter. <laughs> I don't know what else. I'm probably a very good lover. I would imagine. But outside yeah. of that, I don't think he's very good. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's a pretty bad person. Um, very smart person, though. Yeah. Um, make, I think that's part of making him such a good hunter. Right. there's no emotion. Exactly. To the research and to the fighting aspects exactly. of both of it. So he's well, going he, to There's that whole I don't have to sleep thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we go back to Meg, who is taunting Christian with his lackluster torture skills. I would not be able to do that. If somebody was torturing me to like make fun of them, them and, right. yeah, make it worse for yourself, right? 
I would not have the willpower to do right. that. <laughs> well, you would not be a good demon, I guess. I don't think I would be, no. As mean as everybody thinks I am. <laughs> Christian points out that she was squealing. Meg tells him, knock yourself out. It's a hose body. Some girl from Shio... What does she say? I thought she said from know. L.A. Shia Bogan or something. Oh, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Thank you. I didn't have it down here. I just was trying to remember. Sheboygan, that moved to, to L.A. LA. Right. Um, and she says it probably is not even the worst thing that happened to her. He starts cutting into her again. She starts screaming. And then the screams turn into laughter. Christian stops and wants to know what, why she's laughing. Dean grabs the demon knife from the table and murders Christian. Hooray! And Meg says, Dean Winchester's standing behind you. <laughs> Meat sack. Meat sack. <laughs> <sighs> Sam says that sh- they should go. Dean looks to Sam, then to Meg, then back to Sam again, and then starts undoing her bounds. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. he cares about Meg. I don't think he cares about Meg. <laughs> I think that's maybe going a little too far. <laughs> I know. I think it's because his best friend's girlfriend is now strapped to the table yes. and he needs to get her off. Or he could just go get Cass. <laughs> so. So I'll just leave you here. Remember the pizza boy and babysitter? Yes. She's been go bad. Go nice. <laughs> Um. So then we cut to Crowley and he's going into the gin cell and he wants to know uh, all about her daddy and where you can find him. But before she can start talking, the alarms in the building start going off. So Crowley goes to uh, find Christian dead, and Meg is gone. He turns off the fire alarm, turns around, and Dean is standing there. Crowley thinks that Dean should be ghoul scat by now. And then Sam knocks Crowley out from behind. Dude. Well, not knocks him out, but knocks him to the ground. The look on Crowley's face when Sam hits him, did you see it? It's It's like such a cartoon-like face. (laughs) Like the cross-eyed, like, and then he falls. It was just so, like, cartoony. I laughed so much. He's also very annoyed that, um, because he just had his suit dry cleaned. I think he said that before, too. No, he just said he liked that suit. Sorry. Crowley just had it tailored. Maybe that's what it was. Yep, you're right. Um, Crowley, uh, and then they... Or no, they don't hit him again, but he's kind of stumbling back and he realizes that Sam has knocked him into a devil's trap. Another one painted on the ceiling. Yes. Um, and then he says, to what do I owe this reach around? <laughs> Meg shows up. Crowley. Whore. <laughs> she clenches her fish, causing Crowley some pain. She tells him the best torturers never get their hands dirty. She tells Crowley that Sam wants to talk. And I love how Crowley, like, gets up and brushes and What can I do for you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> I love that part so much. Me too. <laughs> um, Sam's like, you know what I want. I want my soul back. It makes sense. <laughs> and here I thought you just grew some balls. Sam. <laughs> I love that part. Such a good line. Crowley says no. Dean says Meg's name, giving her the go-ahead for more torture, which she does. Crowley says he can't. Sam can't or won't. 
Carly, I said can't, and I meant can't, you mop-headed lumberjack. (laughs) (laughs) He does the best insults. He does. Crowley said he only had enough strength to get Sam out. He couldn't contend with Lucifer and Michael for his soul as well. Then he asks why Sam wants it. Tells him um, what he basically already overheard from Cass and Dean, that his soul has been Lucifer's only source of entertainment this whole time. Crowley would rather down a bathroom floor rag before taking Sam's soul, unless he wants to be a drooling mess. Meg's like, I hate to admit it, Sam, but Crowley's right. So now I'm like, you guys, so now Cass has told you this. Crowley has told you the exact same thing. Like, I think maybe you should listen. Um, I mean, I know we want to get Sam's soul back. You right. know what I mean? But it's just like, at what cost? Right. Well, I think at this point it's like, okay, well, we need to figure out a way to see if there's a possible fix to this. Because right. we can't just have Sam running around without a soul. He's just going to kill people. <laughs> Right, yeah, and I mean, I get that. I guess it's just kind of like, you guys are being, I don't know. You should just be a little more careful. Well, we could definitely get more into it with the next episode. Yes, we can. <laughs> so, um, Meg tells him that Crowley's right. Uh, Sam's, you know, he's like, yeah, I get it. Tells, And then he tells Meg that he's all hers. Dan's like, wait, he's our only, Dan? Dean says, wait, he's our only lead. And Sam's like, you heard him. You know, he can't do... He's useless. He can't do anything for us. So then Dean hands over the demon knife to Meg. She looks at the devil's trap and back to the guys. And she's like, you will let me out afterwards, right? And they don't even do anything. They just look at her and she's like, okay. Right. (laughs) She she just walks in. in. And I'm like, Meg is awfully trusting of the the Winchesters all of a sudden. (laughs) Well, she does have the demon knife. So I think that's a big part of it. Right. But, I mean, she gave it to Sam so easily. Right. And now she's yeah. walking into the devil's trap. I think Meg's a little cocky. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Just a, a little, little bit. Yeah. So she walks in telling Crowley that this is for Lucifer, calling him a pompous ass or whatever, before he sweeps her legs out from under her, uh, takes the knife, and chucks it into the ceiling to break the devil's trap. He then flings Sam and Dean to opposite walls and pins them there. Catches the knife and holds it to Meg, telling her that she doesn't know anything about torture. Then Castiel shows up. And then Crowley has one of my favorite lines. Castiel, haven't seen you all season. This episode (laughs) marks the first time since the 21st episode in season five, Two Minutes to Midnight, where Cass and Crowley were in the same scene. An example of breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) Crowley does that a lot. Cass tells Crowley to drop the knife. Are you that boss in heaven? I hear you're losing out to Raphael. The whole affair makes Vietnam look like a roller derby. Cass holds up a bag and Crowley says, Hey, what's in the gift bag? (coughs) Cass has Crowley's bones. He didn't hide them as well as he should have. Meg is very pleased. (laughs) Cass wants to know if Crowley can really restore Sam's soul. Callie Crowley snaps his fingers, letting the boys down, and wants to know if there's anything else he can do. Dean shouts for Crowley to answer Cass. Crowley says he can't. Cass then immediately lights the bag of bones on fire. Yeah. To which Crowley disintegrates into a into pile of a ash. A pile of ash. And I was like, what? I was so I was like, unhappy. Right. Cass. Wow. And I'm like, so Crowley's just dead? Not dead, dead. 
It's a joke. It's a reference. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it was... I was like, no, that something has to be wrong here. We can't kill Crowley off. Right. No, that was my that's what I was saying. I'm like, you can't kill off Crowley like that. Like, what the fuck? I was pretty upset. Me too. <sighs> Very upsetting, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I was like... I was when I, go- I saw it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna hold out. Maybe <laughs> there's something here that I'm missing, but I had I really had no. No, hope. I mean he burned his bones. Right. Like how could that? Based off of what we know, that's how you legit just kill kill a demon. A demon. I mean right. you can kill a demon, uh, you know, other ways, but this way it was like the no coming back. Because a lot of other times when you quote kill a demon, they go back to hell. Right. You know. But yeah, and I don't. Anyways, yeah, sorry, again, I could talk about this for hours, but yeah, it's just like, I go through these phases with the show where they kill off somebody and I just get so pissed. I'm like, I am not ever going to watch this stupid show again. And then I just watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sam goes and picks up the knife that's in the center of the pile of ash. When he stands up straight, Meg's gone. Dean says, well, she's smart. I'll give her that. I was going to kill her, too. Of course, I'd given you an hour with her first. He tells Cass. And Cass says, why, why would I want that? that? Oh, Cass is Cass. so cute. So Dean thanks Cass for his help. Cass tells them that Crowley was right. It is not going to, it's not going well for him upstairs. Dean asks if there's anything that they can do. He says that there's not. Cass says most of the time he'd rather be with them. Dean tells him that they understand. He's got a lot going on and it's okay that there's no apologies needed. They're (laughs) friends. Okay. (laughs) Cass Cass tells Sam that they will find another way. Sam says if he wants to help, they have a prison full of monsters. They can't leave them and they can't let them go. Cass tells him he's right and then disappears. Dean tells Sam that Castle's right about his soul, that they will find another way. Sam says no. He doesn't want it back, not if it's going to smash him to bits. Dean tells him he's wrong. Sam says he's not. He's just saying something that Dean doesn't want to hear. Sam says he doesn't want it back because they've, om- they've already almost died for it once. Dean tells him he, de- he doesn't know how wrong he is. But Sam just keeps walking away. Dean calls after him, but Sam doesn't look back. Credits. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, it's a weird situation to be in because I kind of agree with Sam um, about the soul because it's not necessarily going to help him. I mean, it will, but it's also a very good chance that it's going to completely ruin him, you know? Right. And that seems to be the much more likely outcome. Right. Well, and I think... Here, obviously, Dean wants it back because he wants his actual brother well, back. Well, yeah, no, I, but also, I get that. I think he's also concerned with the fact that Sam is just saying no because Sam doesn't care. Right. He has no soul or emotion or feeling to... He's just looking at it logically like, well, if they're telling me this is going to make me a drooling mess, I don't want it. You know, he's not trying to be like, well, what are the other options or is there some way we can put it in me without it fucking me up? He's just like, no. Right. Because he doesn't, he literally does not care. (laughs) Well, and because one of the lines he had in that conversation that they were having was when angels and demons agree on something, I I pay attention. 
Which, I mean, that's a very valid point. Like, if you have both angels and demons telling you this is going to happen, that's probably what's going to happen. Right. You know, and so it's just, I get, there's a lot of reasons why Dean wants Sam to have his soul back, and they're all very good reasons, but at the same time, it's like, you're not, you're probably not going to get Sam back. Right. You know, and so you can either have this totally wrecked person or a Sam that you kind of have to keep an eye on. <laughs> very shortly, Sean. Yes. <laughs> um, the, so the title of the episode is a reference to the 1974 movie Caged Heat, which is a classic in the women in prison, women in prison exploitation genre. The porn in which Castiel is watching features the classic porn trope, commonly, commonly known as Pizza Boy Special Delivery. Okay. This tidbit I found extremely interesting, and I'm okay. really bummed that it didn't actually happen. So This is going to be good. The scene in which Dean and the ghouls um, are fighting was originally scripted to introduce a new monster into the show's mythology. According to the writer Brent, Brett Matthews, in the official companion for season six, the ghouls were originally going to be a quote-unquote big-ass Lovecraftian tentacle. In the scene, Dean was to be thrown into an underground sand pit and realize he was in a monster pen when he finds human bones while trying to escape. At the point, at that point, a tentacle would have grabbed grabbed him and dra- dragged him under the sand. And like in the final product, the scene would have ended with Sam arriving to save Dean. Oh wow! So we would have gotten some crazy ass tentacle. Shannon loves tentacles. I it's really weird and kind of gross, but. It is what it is. I love Lovecraftian yes, you stuff. Do. So, you do. <laughs> but um, that would have been... Could you imagine them having to be like, what the, the fuck, fuck was yeah. that? <laughs> and then like, do we and then just moving on. Right. Like, how do we even find that? <laughs> so, yeah. That was... No, that would have been... I agree. That would have been... It's very... Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I don't remember the name of this. Oh, I'm horrible. The the pit that Boba Fett dies in. Uh, the Rancor? No, no, that's the... That's the big thing. Oh, my... Sarlacc. Thank you. God. Ugh, <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of, because they throw him yeah. into a sand pit. Exactly. And then there's a big, that's what I yeah. exactly thought of, too, when, yeah. when I was reading it. Oh, oh, Star Wars. I mean, they do love Star Wars in this show, They so. do. That makes sense. But... Obviously, it probably would have either looked really shitty because it would have been all CGI or they didn't have the money or the time for it. So throw in two actors instead and call them (laughs) ghouls. And move on. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. But yeah, it would have been awesome. So there's no music in this one. Um, Body um, count is 11. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. Did you want to learn about iridium? I read about iridium. Oh, sure. I had never heard of it until I saw this episode. Do you think it's weird that you had to go higher than silver for the alpha, and that silver wouldn't have been like a genetic thing that he passed on, and he also would be, I don't know, sensitive to silver? I just thought that was kind of odd that we had to go. I up, think you know some elements, right, to to hurt. No, the I see. Saint, what, I see dad, what you're saying, you know? but at the same time, I think. Um, we need well, it to be let's powerful. read about iridium. Because <laughs> it's actually pretty crazy. Um, it is the second densest element 
So it's very, very dense. Wow. Um, it is the most corrosion resistant and it can corrosion resistant and it can withstand up to 2000 degrees Celsius. Wow. Um, it was discovered in 1803 among impurities in natural platinum. So it comes from platinum. Well, it's in the same family as platinum. It is named for the Greek goddess Iris, who is the goddess of the rainbow because of the diverse colors of the salts that it creates. Right. Uh, one of the rarest metals in Earth's crust. It is found much more on meteorites than on Earth. And the unusually high abundance at the Cretaceous Paleogene boundary supports the hypothesis that the impact of a massive extraterrestrial object caused the distinction of the dinosaurs 66 million years ago. Similarly, an anomaly in samples found in the Pacific Ocean suggests that another large impact occurred around two and a half million years ago. It's believed that the total amount of iridium present on the planet is much higher than the observed amount in the crust and the high density and it's but the high density and its tendency to bond with iron caused it to sink below the crust when the planet was still in its molten state. So it is very rare. It is very dense and it can withstand a very high amount of heat. No and wonder think, it took Crowley so much right, work to get it. <laughs> exactly. But I think that might also be the perfect metal for killing monsters just in general, you know. Yeah, you would think any that are sensitive to a specific metal that should kill all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think maybe that you're right. I bet you they do have a reaction to silver. I just don't think it's a very strong reaction. Right. I mean, it would make sense to give them a, a bit uh, of a higher standing than their, you know, offspring. offspring. Right. But but yeah. Because I kind of wondered that too. Like, why would they need a different metal? And then I started really reading about iridium. I was like, wow, this is actually pretty well thought out, like on the writer's part, because that's some pretty powerful shit right there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Get them some iridium machetes. It's apparently very pretty on. too. So <laughs> yeah. that's kind of cool. Right. <laughs> Doesn't it do like the oil slick kind of look? With the um, colors? Yes, a little bit when you melt it, I think, which is really hard to do. Um, uh, clearly. Yeah. But I saw some pictures of it. They, it's just hard to see because there's so little of it. That, right. You know, but yeah, it was very, very black and very shiny. Powerful stuff. Yep. All right. So, Shannon, what's your favorite scene? Um, I don't know, Liana. Maybe we should recap. <laughs> uh, the part where Cass kisses yes. Meg. Yes. Specifically, when Cass, when Cass kisses, Meg. kisses Meg. Not when Meg kisses Cass, right. but when Cass kisses Meg. And then when she says she feels so, so clean. clean. Yes. I really That's like a that. little demon touch there. Yes. <laughs> it was she's just, just so, so speechless because she's, it, like, she she's a demon who always has something to say. You know, yes. She's like the evil female version of Dean. Right. You know, she's always she always has, has a little quip. Right. Exactly. And, and so, like, d- just she was totally shocked. Like when that kiss was over, Meg's face was just like, "What? <laughs> that was crazy." I just love that. I know. So much. I just think it's so funny how much Meg likes Castiel. I know. It's, it's so like great. so cute. Like she has like this huge crush on this de- or on this angel. Like, <laughs> it's funny because we with Ruby we got to see how absolutely terrified demons were of angels, right? Because they didn't know a lot about them, right? Um, and I mean, I guess Meg knows more about angels now because stuff has been going on for right. a few years with them in the picture. But 
like demons were just terrified because they can just put lay their hand on you and kill you and kill you yeah you know they didn't even have to fight right but i think because even in um uh abandon all hope when they have Cass in the holy fire ring Uh and she's in there just taunting him and, and making fun of him and i don't even remember how he does it but she ends up falling into the ring with him and he like grabs her and even then the way she's looking at him she's like this is kind of cool i think she's like really um because one thing Cass said in that scene also is that he can see her true face and how ugly she is is what he says right and so i think that works both ways too and she can see his his actual appearance and not just Cass. and so i think that the fact that he's so powerful i think is something that she's attracted to oh yeah Knowing Meg. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I love their whole little interaction. Oh. It is the best. It's very good. It is. So what's your favorite line, Shannon? Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> There's so many good ones. I guess I'd have to go with, um, I learned that from the pizza man. Yes. Or when he's actually watching the porno. Yes. And he says, um, perhaps she's done something wrong. God, I like that whole... Perhaps she said something wrong. Well, now he's got a boner, and we're not supposed to talk about it. All three of those from that scene are just so good. It is such a good scene. I just love how nonchalant the... Well, now he's got a boner. Right. Like, you know, uh, the dog spilled the milk, you know. like Cass has a boner. Here we go. Perfect. So perfect. You know, I actually picked the Meg line. Uh, the I feel clean? Uh, no, I picked keep talking dirty oh. with my meat suit all dewy. <laughs> That's your really Just because it's so ridiculous. It is just so, I love it. That, oh, and we skipped one because when she first has Dean tied up. Um, the don't tell me you don't like this. And he's, she's trying to get him to answer her questions and he won't. And so, cause she has like climbed on his lap and she's like straddling him. Right. And, uh, he was refusing to answer and she says, satisfy me or I please myself. Right. <laughs> Holding uh, a knife to his yes. throat. That's when Sam starts laughing at her. Right. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yes. There is no music. Nope. So we can't pick a favorite song, but this is a very good episode from season six i like it it's it's good it's the start of some wonderful things it is quite a few wonderful things so you got anything else for this one um no i think we got all of it all right so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back for appointment in samara and even though i already know still i'm asking why Moving right along to the 11th episode, Appointment in Samara, which I was like, oh, the ring. <laughs> oh, we kind of didn't even think about that. <laughs> uh, directed by Mike Roll, written by Sarah Gamble and Robert Singer. I didn't actually know Robert Singer wrote any of the episodes. I right. knew he directed a few. But... Yeah. 
What does this wrote... name even mean now that I think about it? Or, are we going to do that at the end? I can tell you now if you want. It's, okay. Um, since we're talking about it. Um, so the title of the episode refers to a story um, based on an old Middle Eastern story, which is us. I have the story. It's, it's short. So. Go for it. The speaker is death. There was a merchant in Baghdad who sent his servant to to the market to buy provisions. And in a little while, the servant came back, white and trembling, and said, Master, just now when I was in the marketplace, I was jostled by a woman in the crowd. And when I turned, I saw it was death that jostled me. She looked at me and made a threatening gesture. Now lend me your horse and I will ride away from the city to and avoid my fate. I will go to Samara and there death will not find me. The merchant lent him his horse and the servant mounted it and he dug in his spurs in its flanks. As fast as a horse could gallop, he went. Then the merchant went down to the marketplace and he saw me standing in the crowd and he came to me and he said, why did you make a threatening gesture to my servant when you saw him this morning? That was not a threat. That was not a threatening gesture. I said, it was only a start of surprise. I was astonished to see him in Baghdad for I had an appointment with him tonight in Samara. <laughs> <laughs> Frank was talking to me about this uh, in the car because mm-hmm. he noticed the title and he's like did you know about the story this is based off and I was like I do actually oh. and he goes I always love that story because the uh, the guy tells the merchant about the death and then mm-hmm. his friend like is like hey death what the fuck is up man why are you gonna <laughs> scare my dude that wasn't cool <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I like that all right. Ooh, sorry. So we are in Chinatown, and it's clear that Dean is meeting someone at this little restaurant. Uh, he approaches the butcher there, and the butcher doesn't even wait for Dean to say anything. He says, just go to the back. I want to point out when Dean starts walking through the back hallway, that place is filthy. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, a gentleman in a very dirty doctor's coat comes out. Um, a gentleman? What? It's Freddy Krueger. Oh, is it? Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I didn't know that. It's Robert England. John, have I... John. Wow, you're Shannon. (laughs) Yes, I am. Nice to meet you. Have I ever seen any of the Friday the 13th movies? Let's think about that. All right. Obviously not, because Friday the 13th is Jason. (laughs) You know this. First of all, Friday the 13th is Jason Voorhees. Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. Yeah. (laughs) See? See? (laughs) But seriously, Robert England has that nose that is so recognizable that All right. I guess you would have to see Freddy Krueger to make it. I mean, I've seen him. It's just not that much. Yeah. You know? I just feel like Robert England is extremely recognizable. You do. Whether as Freddy or, you know, himself, just because of that fucking nose. Yeah, but you know, you don't know yeah. who actors are. It's true. All right, so Freddy Krueger in a dirty <laughs> doctor's coat comes out. Um, and he says he's the one that's always worked on Dean's dad. Um, back when he still had his medical license. <laughs> uh, Dean wants to know what his success rate is for what they're doing. And he says, almost 75%. Um, Dean doesn't really like those odds, but gives the guy some cash. And asks him if something goes wrong to mail a letter addressed to Benjamin Braden. Who the fuck is that? Lisa's son. Okay, thank you. God. I was like, what? Who is that? Who is Benjamin? Yes. Um, 
the doctor's like, I would have expected you to want to send something to your brother Sam. To which Dean said a line that I very much like is, if I don't make it back, nothing I say is going to mean a damn thing to him. Yep. Dean winces at the needle, pricking his arm, and the nurse tells him not to be a baby. Uh, the doc tells him he's got three minutes, and then they kill Dean. We see Dean's ghost heading out of the room, and then he goes and summons Tessa, the Reaper, and asks her to tell Death that he needs him. And then Death just shows up. I wrote, Dean pulls a flatliners to talk to Death. Nice. Title card. Because, <laughs> you know, I do my, like, quick notes. Right. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That is a good movie. I like that movie. movie. That is a good movie. If you guys haven't seen Flatliners, check it out. Go see it. Keith or Sutherland. Very good. So, um, he wants Death to bring... He, he's asking Death if he can bring back Sam's soul. Or if he can bring back Sam and Adam. Um, Death makes him choose. He's like, which one would you want? Dean obviously picks Sam. I was like, this is the first time anybody's even brought up Adam. I know. This is for a long time. I was like, oh yeah, Adam's in there too. So I was surprised that he said that. Right. One of the lines just before that, that Dean, because Dean's trying to say he's going to bargain with him and he'll get his ring back if uh, Death will take (laughs) Sam out of hell or whatever. And Death... Points out that he knows exactly where his ring is, and he tells Dean, now we've established that you have hubris, but no leverage. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But Dean chooses Sam, um, and he asks, you know, he he talks about how he knows that the the soul's going to be bad, and asks if he could cut off the bad part. (laughs) Death tells him that souls aren't like a piece of pie, and he can't just cut it a piece off. Um... To which then we see Dr. Kruger. Doc- <laughs> His name is actually Dr. Robert in the episode. But, but Dr. we're going to call him Dr. Kruger. <laughs> and his assistant, Eva, uh, are starting to bring, trying to bring uh, Dean back. Death is telling uh, Dean that he actually can put Sam's soul back in and create a wall for him. It will hold back the nasty, but it's not... Permanent. It, well, actually... Um, Tessa points out that oh, it wouldn't right. be permanent. Yes. And Death agrees and says it wouldn't be. And he doesn't know how long it would hold. And he says, nothing lasts forever. Well, right. I do, but... Right. <laughs> it could last Sam's lifetime, but he has no idea. They don't know that. Yes. Um, but Death... Or Dean's like, okay, great. Let's do that. <laughs> and Death says he's not going to do it without... Unless Dean basically agrees to the wager. Don't roll your eyes, Dean. It's impolite. (laughs) Now, when you fetch my ring, put it on. And Dean's like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? I want you to be me for one day. Are you serious? And Death is one of my favorite lines. No. I'm being incredibly sarcastic. Uh, then we see Dr. Kruger getting having, having his assistant get the adrenaline, and we see him inject it. Uh, back with Dean and Death. Death is telling Dean that if he takes the ring off before the 24 hours is up, the deal is off. Um, and Dean wants to know why he does it. Why, he's, why Death wants him to do this, and before Death can answer him, they, he gets revived. Right. So then we see Dean uh, at Bobby's. 
Uh, and he has obviously just told both of them what the deal was. And Sam is pissed. And he uh, should be. <laughs> he... Uh, he remembers that Crowley and Cass both said that Sam would turn into Jello, that he would turn into Jello. Dean tells them about the wall, and Sam's like, "Oh, great! Is like a cure?" And Dean's like, "Well, no, but it could last a lifetime, maybe." <laughs> it, Sam is pissed. So I guess that's kind of my whole thing: is this is not Dean's decision to make, right? And I, and again, I understand why we need to do it, but he. You can't just go around and decide these things for people. You know, you can't just decide, I'm going to go talk to Death and then make Death take this all out. Like, you have to talk to Sam about it. Like, he has to be part of that decision because we are talking about his life. Oh, I know. And I guess just to be devil's advocate and to give a side to Dean is he knows if he talked to Sam about it, Sam would just say no. I know. So he's going to do it anyway. Right, right. I mean, and and that's kind of like the whole point is like, you can't just make these decisions for people right and again but I, I, mean, I understand why sam would say but... no because sam is soulless right is what i mean not I, I, because right. it's like the normal sam who'd be like no i don't want to do this right because we don't know because right normal sam might have said no but normal sam might have also be like yes please yes. do whatever right. you can and to get my normal, soul back and i think normal sam would have said that i think normal sam would have been like yes i want to do this right um and and like i said i i get why dean is acting the way that he is it's just it's very Annoying. Angering. Yes. (laughs) It makes me very unhappy with Dean. I get your side of it. I understand because you're like, well, thank you for taking, you know, my life into your hands. Right. And doing with what you see fit. But I also am like, well, obviously Dean is going to do this and there's no stopping it. And he's doing it for what he thinks are the right reasons because Sam has no moral compass and no real conscious or emotion. So he's never going to agree to doing this. Right. Any which way you put it, because I think Sam is liking the Sam he is right now. I think so too. Because he's his own person. Yes. You know, aside from the soul, Sam. Um, I don't, I kind of just lost my train of thought, but (laughs) I guess I just, I'm not getting as angry with Dean as you are. Even though I understand where your anger is mm-hmm. coming from, and I'm not like, Leanna, harumph. <laughs> you know, like, I get it. I totally do. But I'm more like, okay, we're going to do this. We might as well just watch and go along because <laughs> there's no stopping it, you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, and like I was saying, there are reasons why I can see why he's doing it, you know? The right. One. And I can see why too. And, and then that's what I do. It's still just like, Ugh. it's just very <laughs> enraging. Like, it's just like Dean, I guess maybe if he wasn't such a dick about it. I think that's really <laughs> what it comes down to. Good thing he's not talking to Cass about it. I know. Because then, my God, I probably would have just stopped watching. <laughs> um, so Dean is telling Sam that he's just trying to save Sam's life. Sam says that his it's his life and he doesn't want any saving because it's not and Dean really can't and it's not Dean's place because Dean's uh, head is not the one that's going to explode once the soul is put back which Dean actually has nothing to say to he's like right. oh wow Dean's speechless okay you might have a point right that that's true but I'm still gonna do this anyway right. <laughs> um Bobby is then like, well, hang on a second. I know death isn't just handing this over to us, so what's the price? So, 
if I can take a little sidebar for a minute, because I was like, wow, Bobby, that's very perceptive of you. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that at all. But it reminded me, we were having this conversation at work just on Saturday. So, you know, you remember how Misha sent me that cake last yes. year? And so I have the little note he had. I have it in a little frame and it sits on my desk. Right. Um, and my, I have a new boss and she came up and she's like, what is that? Like, because it's a weird note. <laughs> yes. It just says, thank you for supporting random acts. My advice, don't eat the enclosed. <laughs> so I, like, I don't understand. And so I'm telling her the whole story. Well, one of the dudes that used to sit next to me is sitting right there. And he was there the day that I came to work all, oh, my God, look what happened. Right. Um, and he starts telling the part of the story that I always forget because I'm telling everybody I'm really excited. And he's like. Leanna. I'm like, what? He's like, how did he know where you live? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> how the fuck did he know where I live? I don't know why that whole Bobby moment where Bobby's like, so why is he doing this? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> why is he doing this? <laughs> that was just the first thing that popped into my head. So. That's really funny. And that's is when Misha I... Um, stalking me? That's, that was the whole thing, remember? Ooh. And then I was like, maybe Misha's stalking me. And then I'm stalking Misha, and then we accidentally run into each other when we're stalking each other. <laughs> I remember this conversation, and I was like, it's probably because they got it from your random access right. account. Which I had already card. realized that. At that point, I had already realized that, but I think the other But I remember this exact better. conversation yes. the first time around, yes. when you were showing me the moldy cake. <laughs> um, so Dean tells Bobby... Bobby is actually surprised and wonders why Death would want to do that. Dean tells him he doesn't know. Sam starts to leave. Dean asks where he's going. Sam says he gets it. He just needs to wrap his head around it. Then we see Sam staring at a hole in the ground and, like, chewing (laughs) on his thumbnail. Uh, And then Dean and Bobby show up behind him. Dean holds up Death's ring, from which we can assume was dug out of that hole. Says, looking for this? Which I'm like, really? You guys just buried it in a little hole? Right. Like, that's not even a foot deep. Right. Like, like, anybody can find that. Of course, Death knows where that is. Um, Sam tells them that he was just taking a walk. Dean tells him he knows what he's doing. He's protecting Sam. Sam agrees that Dean has the compass, so he's probably right. But don't screw it up. Dean says he won't. Then Dean leaves and tells Bobby to watch him. Inside, Sam asks if this is the part where Bobby's going to hold a gun on him and lock him in the panic room. Bobby asks if he has to. Then we see Dean put on the ring, and he's transported to a much busier street corner than Bobby's. Than Bobby's junkyard? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tessa is waiting there for him. She does not like this. I am glad that she's going to be there. Yes. Dean reminds her that it was her boss's idea. She knows, but she knows Dean has a long history of fucking things up. Right. Tessa tells Dean that he must kill anyone whose time is up. He wants to know how he'll know. She tells him she has a list, which she's not going to show him. He has to kill them, and then she'll reap them. I do like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, if he takes the ring off or slacks off, the deal is off. I, I, I'm glad that Tess is pretty sick of Dean at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the whole, you have like this really great history of totally fucking things up, Dean. So can we please just not do that right. for this one day <laughs> when you're going to do well, think, the most difficult thing you've ever done? <laughs> like, I think anybody in, well, I'll say, never mind. I'll say, I'll wait till the end. Okay. Um, 
we see Sam doing a summoning spell. He summons Balthazar. And I'm like, what the I fuck? I was all, whoa, Balthazar? That like, was weird. This dude wants to kill you. Okay, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Why does he want to kill Sam? From the whole, um... Oh, God, what... It's the... Oh, my God. My mind is just stopping. Oh, no. It's the episode when... When they... we find out that he has all the weapons? Is that the one? Right, and... Fuck. I remember because like they put him in the holy fire. That was just Dean and Casa. Was Sam there at the time? I can't remember. I'm like completely drawing a blank. Yeah, me too. I was just like the whole time, I'm like, why does he want to kill Sam? I think they he wanted to because he got tricked by them. Okay. That makes sense. And then that's... But then Cass ended up letting him go to repay right. the debts. You're right. Because he still owed him a debt. That's right. Okay. So That's a very vague memory, but I remember what you're talking about now. I just remember they're at his mansion. Right. And the boys... And they have I just only they, remember Dean and Cass being there. I don't well, remember Well, and he... Because then even Balthazar says that Sam told him he was going to fry his wings extra crispy. Well, that was probably I, Dean. That was Dean who said that, Right, though. but I mean, I think he's going to group Sam with Dean. I mean, right. they're the Winchesters. Yeah. Um, I just wish I could remember... I'm pretty sure it was Dean who said that. No, that's a total Dean, Dean line, Dean. right? What were they trying to get him to do, though? That's what I can't... They were trying to get him to give the little boy his soul back, because that was the staff of Moses oh, episode. okay. Okay. And he was selling off pieces of it for people's souls. You're right. Because in this economy... Yeah, souls, souls are, are very yeah. valuable. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyway, um, Bal says that, and that's Bal tells him it's Balzi because he wants to kill him. Right. Sam wants to know if there is a soul or if there is a spell or weapon that can keep a soul out forever. And Balthazar's like, "What? <laughs> well, that's an interesting question." <laughs> and uh. Bal wants to know where Sam's soul is, but before Sam can say anything, Balthazar realizes where it is. Uh, Sam tells him that Dean found a way to get it back, and he does not want it. No, no you don't. No, no, because Michael and Lucy are hate-banging it as we speak. (laughs) Sam asks Balthazar if he can help. Balthazar, Balthazar says he can, and he'll do it for free. Since Sam seems like a such a capable young man to have him in his debt would be good enough. Plus, Balthazar doesn't like Dean and would really like to upset him. <laughs> Balthazar tells him that he needs to mark his vessel, do something so despicable that the vessel become, becomes uninhabitable. I was like, this doesn't sound good. Right. And then Sam asks what? And he says, patricide. Sam's like, but my dad's already dead. Yes. And Balthazar Balthazar says it needs to be his father, but it needs not be Be his his father's blood. blood. Right. And I was like, oh no, he's talking about Bobby. Right. Uh Uh-oh. Right. So that's what I thought. I was like, so he's talking about Bobby. So Sam's going to kill Bobby. And then I'm like, but Dean is going to be there. (laughs) Like Dean's going to know what's happening. So Dean's going to take the ring off and stop you. Yeah. Sam, you didn't think this through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know your brother's doing right now, right? right. Like, he's wearing death's ring right now. <laughs> you should probably wait till tomorrow to do right. this. 
Um, well, I guess he probably couldn't since right. everybody's on the time time frame here. Yeah, time crunch. So Tessa is telling Dean that when people die, they might have questions for him. And he says, you mean like, how did Betty White outlast me? And she says, she rolls her eyes mm-hmm. and says, most popular is, what does it all mean? He wants to know if he will magically know the answer. No. Dean and Tessa watch a robbery in action at a convenience store. Dean is very concerned with who's going to get killed because there's a little boy involved and then the cashier and the robber. But then the robber actually is the one who ends up getting shot. Tessa tells Dean to hurry, but Dean wants to watch the guy uh, be in agonizing pain for a minute. Which I was like, wow, Dean, that's really (laughs) fucked up. It's pretty rude. Yeah. (laughs) Like, sure, this guy's probably a dick, but you don't really know him or what he's done with his life. Right. That and you just shouldn't want to do that to people, Dean. You're supposed to be a good guy. You're supposed to be like a nice, right? The, the one we're rooting for, and this just makes and you now seem you're just kind like of bad. Such a dick, right? Um, so he watched the he watches the guy die for a minute, and then finally touches him and uh, to bring him over. And the guy asks the dean why, and the dean tells him it's probably because you're a dick. Yeah, that also really pissed me off. I did not think that any of Dean's uh, jokes while he was being death were... They all really kind of pissed me off. Um, it's just not the right time. The person just died. I mean, right? come on. So then they walk up to a bigger guy sitting on a park bench eating pizza. And Dean guesses it's going to be a heart attack. The guy then has a heart attack. The guy asks Dean why... Dean says, I think it may have been the extra cheese. And the guy's like, yeah, you're probably right. But But it it was was really good. good. (laughs) Dean asks if it was a local place. And Tess is like, Dean. Uh, He says, sorry. And Tessa starts leading him away. Then the guy turns back around asking what it all means. Everything is dust in the wind. Yeah. That's it. A Kansas song. Sam shows up back at Bobby's. Bobby asks him if he wants to join him for a drink. Sam says he will, and they sit down uh, at the table, and things just look kind of fishy. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like a nice little it's not very two wholesome, friends sitting right? down. <laughs> Tessa brings Dean to a hospital, and it's time for a little girl. Dean is upset that she's so young, wants to know if the dad has any other family. Tessa tells him, no, not really. Dean doesn't want to take her. uh, Wants to know who's next on the list. And she tells him um, he can't do that. He has to take her. uh, And he wants to know who calls the shots. And she tells him, death does. And he says, well, I'm death. I'm calling the shots. And she's like, no, you can't. You have to do this. Um, And he wants to know who tells death to take who. And she tells him it's destiny. To which Dean tells her that he spent his whole life fighting against destiny. He doesn't actually believe in it. It's not real, just like the apocalypse. He says the girl will live. Tessa says she doesn't believe that Dean actually buys anything that he's saying. Tessa says all the times he's messed up with life and death. It's just a walk on the beach, huh? Dean says he's death and she's 12 and she's not dying today. You know, Dean. Being Dean. I just... 
again, making decisions for everybody else, not listening to what people are telling him and thinking he knows what's best. Right. Um, so Sam and Dean are playing, or excuse me, Sam and Bobby are playing poker, still seeming very uncomfortable. <laughs> I would also not want to play poker with Sola Sam. No. He's going to be really fucking good at it. He better be. Right. <laughs> um, so then, uh, we cut back to Dean and Tessa and they watch the doctor tell the dad that the little girl's heart is healed. She won't have to go into surgery. Dad pushes the girl out of the room in her wheelchair, filled with excitement. We see the nurse, Jolene, walk through Tessa. And it's like she notices a cold spot or something. But she's on the phone telling her significant other that she's leaving early. The surgery was canceled. Tessa tells Dean they have more work to do and walks off. Back at Bobby's house, Bobby's going to get him and Sam uh, another drink. And as Bobby is bending into the fridge to grab more beer, Sam grabs a machete or something off the counter to attack Bobby. But Bobby already knew it was coming and knocks Sam out. I was like, wow, Bobby, nice. (laughs) I may have been born at night, but I wasn't wasn't born born last night. Bobby grabs some rope, turns around, and Sam is already gone. Right. We're going to have to hit him a little harder than that, Bobby. Right. So Bobby grabs a gun and starts searching the house. He then locks a door and then hides in the closet. And I was like, what the fuck? That was a bad idea. (laughs) It's like, why'd he lock that door and then hide in the closet? Right? (laughs) So then we hear Sam approach and Sam just starts cutting the door down with an axe. (laughs) Please don't say, here's Johnny. (laughs) Sam tells him that he has to do it. He's sorry. He shouldn't have cornered himself. Bobby says he didn't. He hits a button and a trap door opens up under <laughs> Sam and he falls into the basement, which is why we find out that Bobby locks that door. Yes. <laughs> Sam's trying to get out and Bobby is telling him through the door that it's titanium double plated kick, kick plate, plate whatever, whatever door. And basically you know, to you're get not going to break down. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> so Bobby wants to know what's what. Sam says it's a spell. He's just trying to survive. Bobby says that Dean has a way to make it safe, but Sam doesn't buy it. Says Dean only cares about his little brother burning in hell. Dean will kill him to get that other guy back. And I was like, there it is. Sam thinks he's a different person now. Like, he's his own person. (laughs) He is. Because he thinks of his soul as as another guy. As his other guy. Right. Um... Which is just crazy to think about, you know? Well, I mean, not that crazy. I think all of us go through those types of changes or we see ourselves as different Well, it makes total sense. I mean, especially since his actual self is no longer in him. In him, right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just weird that his soulless has, like, the conscious thought that he is something else. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's another person. Um, Bobby tells Sam that the current Sam is... Way scarier than the present situation. Sam is not responding, so Bobby opens the door. Would you really go in there if he stopped talking? Like, doesn't that seem like the perfect trap? Yeah. I'm like, Bobby. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? You should, you know, know better. Yeah. So Bobby goes and looks through the uh, basement, and he notices that the grate in the ceiling of the 
panic room is open with a ladder underneath. He notices also that there is blood on the handle. Back to Dean. Dean is following Tessa through the hospital, receiving the silent treatment. Uh, We hear that an accident has happened, and they're rushing in a woman on a stretcher into the ER. We can see by her name tag that it's Jolene, the little girl's nurse from earlier. Tessa tells him, tells Dean, because he realizes it too, tells, she tells Dean that since the surgery was canceled, she left early and got into an accident she otherwise would have avoided. So Dean needs to take her, and he needs to take her now. Dean wants to know if Tessa knew this would happen. She says no, but she knew he knocked over a domino and tells her him again to take Jolene. He pl- is you know, pleading with her, saying that Jolene had nothing to do with it. Tessa tells him it's too bad. He put the ring on. Now he has to do his job. So Dean takes the nurse. Tessa tells Jolene that she was supposed to live many decades, have kids and grandkids, but Dean screwed up. I was like, wow, Tessa, why would you tell her that? I was like, holy shit. That's really mean. You're being mean to her, not to Dean. I know know you're pissed at Dean right now for fucking up the natural order of things, but... Jolene is going to be miserable, right? This like, woman <laughs> who's going to be like in heaven now, just right. thinking about the what life she, she could have had. Right. I was like, "That's God not Tessa, cool." That's not cool. I thought that was just really bad. Yeah. And obviously, it makes Dean feel really bad, you know. And well, he yeah. apologizes, but I, I was still just like, "That's pretty oh, low." We know Dean right. fucked up, okay? Right. But what like, the why are you going to hurt this poor woman who's she, already like she died? Like, right. Like, just, just let, let her go. Right. <laughs> Anyway, so Tessa takes her off and Dean watches as uh, Jolene's husband comes in and cries over his wife. Back up in the little girl's room, Tessa is telling Dean that he has to take the little girl because she's disrupting the natural order of things by being alive. Tessa says that chaos and sadness will follow her the rest of her life. Dean isn't really paying attention. He's just watching the husband of Jolene across the street at a bar, he's coming out of the bar and getting into a car, and he's clearly very intoxicated. Dean tells Tessa to give him a minute and disappears. <clears throat> we go back to Bobby, who has tracked Sam outside to the shed. He sees more blood on the handles of the doors. He pushes the doors open. There's nothing there. Sam then knocks him out from behind and drags his body away. Back with Dean, he's now in the car with the husband. The dude is pretty much bent on killing himself. Dean is yelling at him to stop the car and to pull over, but obviously the guy can't hear him. Just about, just as the guy is about to hit a bus, Dean pulls the ring off and pulls the wheel off, so the guy c- crashes off the side of the road. <clears throat> Dean gets out of the car, shouting for Tessa, telling her that he lost and take to take him back home. He puts the ring back on, and Tessa's there waiting. She apologizes for his brother, since he just lost the bet. He goes back to the hospital to take the little girl. Tessa says that he's already lost the bet. She thought he wanted the girl to skate by. He says, nobody really skates by, do they? So he takes the little girl. You know, it seems like Dean kind of skated on by. Dean and Sam skate by quite a bit. <laughs> right. So I think it's a little silly for Dean to be like, nobody is gay. Bye. Um, 
Dean tells the dad, because the dad is sleeping in a chair next to his little girl, and he tells her, you might want to say your goodbyes. So the guy wakes up to his daughter flatlining. Um, the little girl is pretty upset that she's dead, mostly because of her dad. She's upset that he'll be alone, and she's saying that the natural order of things is stupid, which Dean agrees with. <laughs> Back at Bobby's, Sam is about to straight up murder Bobby. Yeah. Just shove a knife through his throat. Dean shows up right on time. Perfect timing. They lock Sam up in the panic room. Dean doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to continue to lock Sam up every time he tries to kill someone. He's just kind of at a loss. I do like the look they give each other through the panic room. Yeah, I was just going to say that. They have some serious eye contact yeah, through that. that was some pretty, like, intense... Heavy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just staring at each other. I was like, wow. And it lasted for a while, too. I know. So Dean goes upstairs where Death is waiting for him. Death is handing uh, Dean a sandwich. Brought you one from a little stand in Los Angeles, known for their bacon dogs. I love... Love. Love. Death's addiction to, like, like cheap cheap junk food. Yeah, it's great. It's hilarious. I love it. Death tells Dean to sit. Dean wants to know what's with death and the cheap food. To which Death says, I can (laughs) ask you the same same thing. thing. (laughs) And Dean's like, he does the Dean look. The Dean look. Death just wanted to have a treat before putting the ring back on. He says that the ring is heavier than it looks, and sometimes he just wants to take it off. But Dean knows that. Dean says that death knows he flunked. He sucked at being death. He screwed up the whole natural order thing. Death wants to know if Dean would have taken the girl first, knowing what he knows now. Dean says he would. Death is surprised, but glad by this. Dean says it was only because he would save the nurse. And then Death says... I think it's a little more than that. Today you got a hard look behind the curtain. Wrecking the natural order is not quite such fun when you have to mop up the mess, is it? This is hard for you, Dean. You throw away your life because you've come to assume that it will bounce right back into your lap. But the human soul is not a rubber ball. It's vulnerable and permanent, but stronger than you know. And more valuable than you can imagine. So I think you've learned something today. Dean says death knew he wouldn't pass says it was rigged from the start he says he dean says he knows he failed but he wants death to have the balls to admit it was a setup most people speak to me with more respect to which dean starts to backpedal like uh, uh, i didn't yeah, mean that you know, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> but death cuts him off we're done here it's been lovely but now i'm going to hell to get your brother's soul why would you do that for me I wouldn't do it for you. You and your brother keep coming back. You're on a front to the balance of the universe, and you cause disruption on a global scale. I apologize for that. <laughs> I love that part. Just, I apologize for that. <laughs> death tells Dean that he has use. He's digging at something, and Death wants him to keep digging. Death asks, it, or Dean asks, if he's going to be more cryptic. Death says it's about the souls. You'll understand when you need to. And I was like, what? About the souls? <laughs> what do you want Dean to right. dig for? I don't understand. 
I was like, this this is just getting, getting weird. Like now like, now a horseman wants him to like like are we talking do about for him? Sam's soul or like what souls right. are we talking about? He definitely said soul, like plural. Right. Like, it's about the soul. What? Wow. Okay. So Dean wants to know if the wall thing will really work. Let's call it 75%. <laughs> then he disappears. Dean then runs downstairs yelling for Bobby to open the door. He does, and they see Death sitting down at Sam's bed. Sam is begging for Death to stop and not to do it. Now, Sam, I'm going to put a barrier inside your mind. No, don't touch me. It might feel a little itchy. Do me a favor. Don't scratch the wall. Trust me, you're not going to like what happens. Sam continues to plead, this time looking directly at Dean. But Bobby and Dean do not interfere as they watch death put Sam's soul back painfully. Yeah. And the, the whole episode just ends with Sam screaming. Right. It's pretty harsh. I, I really like the talk that death and Dean have. Um, yeah, it's my favorite Especially part. about Dean. Yeah, mine too. Especially about um, Dean learning something that day. Because the way he talks about the natural order and how the Winchesters are always fucking it up. And finally... For me, at least, made me realize why the monsters and supernatural beings in this world hate the Winchesters so much and why they all know who they are. Like, every time they meet them, they're like, oh, no, the Winchesters. I'm like, how do you guys know who they are? Like, do you guys just have, like, a big Facebook page you guys all talk (laughs) about? Look out for these guys, you know? But, like, obviously, they're a huge pain for everything, you know? Right. Because they're never following the rules they're supposed to follow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say earlier, but I didn't want to yet because I thought it would be more appropriate to talk about after Death talks about how they are, like, the biggest affront to the natural order of things. Yeah. So I think it's easy, it was easy for Dean to kind of step out of line earlier because that's literally all All that he he and his brother have done. Yeah. Um, So, and he doesn't, he doesn't see the consequences that are reaped from him and his right. brother continually coming back um you know like what's or even chaos just all of the shit they do right them around you know not right. realizing it it's because they should both probably just be dead be right dead. now yeah um so for him to save a 12 year old little girl it's that's just dean being dean yeah what's right. wrong with that why right. can't i do this you know what i can do whatever i want what's gonna happen right. exactly um because I think Sam, if Sam had a soul and it was him in that position, he would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. Because that's what they do. And they don't understand the consequences of something on that scale right. of things. They don't. So I really liked the part with Death talking to him about how... Well, A, because Dean actually did get to learn a lesson yes. you know, from that situation. And I like Death pointing it out to him and laying it out for him. And um, just the whole... You know, you got to see it from my perspective, and now you get to understand how like wrong you and your brother are right. to be to be doing here. these things that you are doing. Well, and to keep <laughs> doing this, like because right. it's not just—I don't think it's even just like a death thing. Like they just are constantly messing around with the way things are going. Right. Um, and it's a lot of the actions that they take that lead to these enormous changes happening in the world. You know, right. like the apocalypse. So, <laughs> oh, that thing, that just little that thing. little thing that they kicked into motion. Um, so yeah, I think it's a big eye opener on a, a pretty big scale for Dean as far as right. what him and Sam do. Yeah, 
And I think that's good. I think so. Nice little learning experience for mm-hmm. him. Very hard learning experience, but yeah. I don't, he was never gonna learn. Yeah, any he's not other gonna way. learn unless right. he learns the hard way, because that's how it sticks. Yep. So, did you have a favorite line? Um. Probably when he says um, that he's being uh, sarcastic. Yeah. Death saying I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Mine was the hubris line. I had a hard time finding a favorite line in this one, honestly. But that was the one I went with because it made me laugh. Well, when you're seeing red the whole episode, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. <laughs> um, and then my favorite scene is that whole monologue from Death talking to Dean about him learning a lesson and that he yeah. was glad that Dean actually learned the lesson. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm just like super excited to see what's going to happen with Sam. Yes. Now that he's got his soul back, that's going to be a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like how much of the old Sam are we going to see? You know? Yeah. I am going to miss solo Sam because that was a fun oh, Sam to watch. That's my favorite Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best sam but he definitely needed to go because he was, he was pretty dangerous yeah. um so i was watching an interview with robert england um it wasn't very long but there was a part in it that i quoted because it was pretty funny where um they were asking him who he got to work with and he said that he just worked with jensen mostly and they're like well did you get to see anybody else and He's like, no, but my wife has a huge crush on crush on Jared, and she has since Gilmore Girls. <laughs> That's awesome. So I bet you she was pretty excited when he got. Oh yeah. Um, and then the apartment that the doctor works out of is number four, which I know I've said this before um, in an episode. I can't remember which one, but I think it was. Um, oh God, I can't remember. But it and. Japan, the number four is considered unlucky because the word in for four in Japanese is very similar to the word for death in Japanese. Oh, okay. It's she and then shin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing those right. S H I is four and S H I N is death. All right. So, by the count, this is four the robber, the heart attack victim, the nurse, and Hillary. The little girl. The little girl. Which is surprising because you think there'd be more than four people to die. In an episode where Dean is dead. Death, yeah. <laughs> it was a slow day. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> all in the same area, it seemed, too. Oh, I'm pretty sure she was zapping them all around. Yeah. It's, just, it's kind of funny. It is. Death well, I mean, it's not got, that like, funny. Santa Claus powers. It's going to be... <laughs> So many different places. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> all right. That's all I have. Me too. Thanks for listening, you guys. <coughs> uh, if you're not there already, please check out the website, thewaywordfans.com. You can see all our podcasts there along with pictures, videos, other cool things. Um, you can contact us there directly. Let us know what you think. Or you can send us an email at waywardfans at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, concerns. We like getting them. We do. 
They make us very happy. Or be sure you follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. You'll get updates of all of our new episodes and get to see just fun things that we found on the internet. Same with facebook.com slash waywardfans. Uh, you'll see the same there. Some funny memes and episodes and all that good stuff. And if you are listening on iTunes, please just take a moment to give us a rating. You don't even have to review us. Just click on some stars. Let everybody know what you think. Hopefully it's something nice. Yeah, then we can become famous. Yes, because the more ratings we get, the higher we are (laughs) on the list of things people find when they search for Supernatural. (laughs) Yay. How fun would that be? That'd be pretty cool. Then we can get interviews. That's, I mean, we don't care about fame. Like, what are we going to do with our podcast Yeah, no, we just want to get interviews. (laughs) We just want to be able to interview people. (laughs) So that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I'll talk at you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. on you